Hello and welcome to the Coaching Podcast, coaching for success in sport and business. Your host is Emma Doyle, the energy and high performance under pressure coach who is a world leader in unleashing human potential. Buckle up for this high octane session. Let them have it, coach. G'day, everybody, and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I am very excited today. We have Nicole Zimmerman on the show. Nicole, welcome. Thank you, Emily. That's very nice to have you uh, in the the podcast, uh, the Coaching Podcast. That's exciting. Thank you so much for being here. You are the founder and CEO of Zelicon and Partners, a strategic marketing and transformation consulting firm. I can't wait to talk about that, especially because in the business name, Zelicon, there we go, Zelicon is actually Nicole pronounced backwards. I just learned something and I think it's so cool. Uh, Her coaching practices focuses on enablement, empowerment, and elevation of executive leaders to develop their personal brand and leadership style by understanding their motivation factors. So, so important. Listen, I'll jump straight in. Motivation factors, the Vegemite question, the Australian spread. Have you tried it? I have actually. I was uh, lucky to uh, travel to Australia, and so uh, a welcome gift <laughs> was uh, Vegemite. And so while I had not tried it while I was in Australia, which probably tastes different when when you take it back to the US, but yes, I have tried it. It's an interesting taste, I have to say. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, look, that was just such a positive response, and of course, <laughs> we've got the uh, German accent coming through here, even though Nicole is is based in my hometown of Denver, Colorado as well. Uh, So I love that positive spirit. You're going to have to start with your best coaching moment and what was a lesson? So I think it's not one moment specifically. It's actually all the moments when I have the feeling that I have reached with my coaches a point of self-reflection where they truly understand um, what motivates them and what drains their energy and how to then help them to address it. And that's why I chose to become a motivation factor practitioner, because that is the whole essence of that assessment and program and concept around coaching, which is really understanding what drains your energy, what can you do about it? What is in your control? Because we all know we can't change other people. We can only change what is in our control. And so I love those coaching moments when people have this aha moment where they are, wow, now I do understand why this drains my energy. And now I know how to address it. I definitely want to ask you a few more questions around the motivation factors. uh, Mm -hmm later in the show but what about on the flip side can you share a coaching moment that didn't go well it's actually when people give up too early in the journey uh, because change is too hard that is that feels like personal failure to not having made or laid out a convincing story um for them of why it's actually worth to stick with it and and you know to to work hard through the change, even if it's painful, and then come out on the other side with that personal growth uh, feeling and feeling of having something conquered and prevailed and succeeded. So, so those are the the worst moments. 
So, Nicole, I want to go to immediately helping our audience with a practical tip when they do get stuck, when they said to their coach they're going to do these three things and you know what, they keep pushing the next session back because they haven't done them. And so, therefore, they're considering giving up. But what's one practical uh, tip that you could help coaches to be able to help their clients with around that? So I find it the most important right at the beginning to be very clear to manage these expectations to say there will be moments where you where it's really hard, where you will feel the pain, where I'm here to support you through this, but you need to put the work in. And yes, you might feel like giving up, but it is it will make you feel so much better when you actually dive through those hard moments as well put the work in and come out on the other side and and you will be transformed forever in the way of how you are able to deal with energy drainers or negative things around you that hold you back and so that's what I'm trying to do, manage expectations right from the beginning, together with the goal setting for the coaching and um, and then be just encouraging. You know, yes, sometimes, you know, you need to go back and just encourage them with positivity and with telling them what great things they are actually doing and how good they are doing and how proud you are for them hanging in there, you know, just giving this type of recognition and acknowledgement that you know that it is really hard for them, but that you also truly believe that they can do it. You know, that affirmation can can help you as a coach to help them get over it. Great advice. The other thing that came up for me listening to you talk and you said it a moment ago around a convincing story mm-hmm. i think we don't spend enough time this is even me included here being super vulnerable we've got we set our goal and actually visualizing what that looks like sounds like feels like and really priming for that to to happen and there's so much good stuff even out there online i i was listening to a tony robbins priming youtube clip you know just yeah. a nice little 12 minute clip the other day actually i'm going to put it in the show notes cuz it was really good yeah i just did it for my for myself to really get into the zone of what i want to attract into my life and i don't think we spend enough time mm-hmm. there versus thinking about all the things that could go wrong or the fact that, you know, it's my self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. I never get shit done or whatever it might be. Uh, so that, that came up for me and it has come mm-hmm. up for me recently around creating a convincing story. Yes. That this is what you want and this is where mm. you're, where you want to go. So thank you for reminding sure. me of that. Yeah. So Emma, I think it's also what I, have seen so far. I'm not very long in this coaching journey yet. You know, it's like a year and a couple of months, but I have mentored and coached all my life, uh, people in my team or keep people in my company. What I find astonishing is that how many coaches do not have a coach themselves. So preaching what you practice is actually very interesting. So I feel that my coach helps me a lot with being very clear with my vision and my goals. 
And that helps me to then translate that also into the way of how I work with my coaches. And so again, back to, you know, learning from others and learning from other coaches, even if you are not using the same practice in the background as an assessment or whatsoever, I, I find that very um, enriching. And so with that, I'm sometimes really surprised that coaches are not leaning more on having themselves a coach to help them. Great reflection for all of us listening. Who is your coach? Who is your mentor? And reach uh-huh. out to them today. Yes. Maybe share this episode. You never know. All right. Our sliding doors question. So I have picked two moments that have been career and life altering, I would even call. One was very early in my career where uh, in Europe, I was working for uh, a large uh, telecommunication company, T-Mobile, and I was facing, you know, a layoff. And uh, so I was like shocked to the core. It was maybe a couple of years into my professional career. One thing related to the sliding door, one door closes, another door opens. I truly believe in in that statement. And that was what was happening. So I was laid off by T-Mobile Austria. And a week later, I got a phone call from the CMO of T-Mobile Croatia. And he said, I heard what happened. You know, um, we have worked together on international projects together. I'm very impressed about your background and your skill set. Why are you not coming to Croatia to work for me? And that's what I did for two years. And it has been one of the most amazing parts of my journey as a leader in the leadership lessons that I learned to manage a team that came, that lived in Croatia, came from all kinds of backgrounds of ex-Yugoslavia and literally with some of the beliefs and religious backgrounds had been at war 10 years earlier. So managing such a team and learning about what is important in terms of leadership and authentic leadership was an amazing lesson that I will one, never forget, and two, that formed my leadership style as well. And for sure, I'm thinking today my coaching style as well. And then the other one was um, leaving my corporate job uh, three years ago and starting my entrepreneurial journey was definitely the second major, you know, sliding door moment of, you know, leaving a secure, well-paid, you know, marketing executive, you know, job behind and wander off into the uncertain and unknown of during a global pandemic. (laughs) But just believing in yourself and your capabilities and your skill set and building out the business that I'm now running with Zelosin and Partners and which covers consulting, which covers coaching and uh, which covers also teaching and speaking engagements as well as board services. So I feel very fortunate and I'm very grateful for those sliding doors that happened because they led me to some really amazing experiences and learnings and to where I am today. So a couple of things came up for me listening to you there. One around just the importance of being empathetic when managing a diverse team. 
Mm-hmm. The other one, having someone had belief in you. You know, perhaps all heard this before, but what a great reminder. Don't burn bridges. No. Relationships, relationships, relationships. You don't know where your next opportunity is going to come from. And yes. finally, have the courage to follow your greatness, what what you were put on this planet, you know, to do. One of the podcasts that just came out recently was all about your ultimate impact statement. He always starts with asking all his clients, what is your ultimate impact? And Mm -hmm. that's my favorite thing about this podcast, I think, because I get to reflect on that myself. And I, I really do encourage our listeners out there, you know, even listening to Nicole's sliding door story and those little through lines, Hey, you know, what relationship do you need to mend? Maybe who do you need to forgive? Who do you need to pick yeah. up the phone and maybe believe in someone else when they need it most as well? Yes. So super awesome stuff. All right. This is our guiding question from the book. Yeah. What makes a great coach in yeah. three words or less? What do you think makes a great coach? I have exactly three words for you. <laughs> I thought Which you might. Is, I thought you said something yeah. about being German or no, just kidding. <laughs> It's really, for me, it's all about enabling, empowering, and honesty. Um, I have sticked true to those values my entire corporate career, in my professional life, in my personal life, and I feel they are resonating a lot with my mentees and my coaches because they know that, that, you know, I equip them with tools i equip them with advice and guidance to learn themselves to conquer these things in the future and i find that so powerful and because i'm german they know also that i will always be honest and i will not sugarcoat for them situations where i think they should have they should have dealt with different, they should have treated people different, they should have done something different. Or sometimes, you know, if they are reflecting on themselves, and, you know, they come to conclusions that I totally disagree with, I'm always very honest as well, um, in a loving way. Um, And, you know, that's how I feel I want to be treated. Um, you know, from my mentors, my coaches, my allies, and my what I call my cheerleading squad, that are people that are just there, you know, doing exactly that to me as as well. They enable me, they empower me, and they are honest with me when I'm drifting off reality. Thank you for sharing those three words, enabling, empowering, and honesty. And I think also when we're being honest, The one thing I think I've got a lot better at over the years of my coaching is asking for permission Mm -hmm. because in many ways when you ask, hey, do you mind if I give you some feedback or do you mind if I reflect back something, you know, that you you said in your words? Uh, And doing that versus just coming straight out and being super honest, (laughs) it never goes well, does it? <laughs> no, I mean, how, you need to, how have you changed over the yeah, years? So, well, definitely corporate America teaches you a lesson there for sure that I had to learn the hard way sometimes um, when, you know, when I when I started my corporate career and started to manage people, um, specifically 
you know, being in a leadership role was a good teacher for me in learning how to always put context around a criticism, how to articulate a criticism even in a way that is forward-looking and has a positive outcome. Because while it's hard to absorb a, a negative feedback, there's always something in there to learn and something to, you know, develop further into something positive and helping people to see that and understand that that is that enabling and empowering element of your guiding questions. Fantastic. All right. And finally, what question do you have for the coaching podcast? What are you deeply curious about? I always love to ask the question, what's your story? Uh, You know, what's your journey? Um, Because I believe listening is learning from others and understanding different perspectives and coaching systems and beliefs and approaches. And so I'm just curious about how you ended up, you know, managing and setting up and launching and running the coaching podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, can I just share with our audience that Nicole, before we started the interview, that was her first question. She was like, well, what's what's with the podcast? What's the purpose? What what do you want to get out of it? Why do you do this, Emma? And I and I really thanked her for that opening question to to get to know, you know, a little bit about what my why early on. Uh, along the journey because the the podcast has changed dramatically so and now I just get to chat to wonderful coaches and I love it and I learn so much and that's obviously what I you know my my hope in is everybody you just mentioned those three key words listening is learning Uh I mean I work out right sometimes I only have 30 minutes most of the shows are around 30 35 minutes so there's great value in uh Getting that, getting that done. I'm not a big believer in multitasking, but I am a big believer in listening to podcasts or music, of course. Uh, you know, when you have that that workout time. Yeah, yeah, I I find it very inspiring as well. Developing that skill set of listening is is for coaches anyhow really fundamental, and so and for leaders. Um, so there is really a, a very close connection to leadership style and coaching, you know, values and coaching beliefs and coaching style as well. Well, how did you know I was going there next? I definitely, that was next (laughs) on my list. What is your leadership style and how do you help your clients unpack what their leadership style is? Do you use certain coaching tools Mm -hmm. or do you create that together? What sort of, you know, your process and maybe one tip out there for leaders listening? So as I said, my my leadership style developed over the years in terms of the different challenges that I was fa- facing as a leader of a team, uh, you know, regionally in, in challenging regions, geographically or internationally and globally uh, when you have, you know, a diverse team to manage across uh, many different countries, many different cultures, many different religions. I think... I am best described as a very authentic, very honest, very caring, very enabling, empowering leader. And the way of how I translate this today to help my coaches find their leadership style or define their leadership style is to start with 
asking them questions related to what I call their personal brand. So who do who are you? Who do you want to be? How do you want to come across? What are your values? What is really important for you? And then from there developing, okay, so like a real little brand positioning for yourself. What's unique about you? You're so un unique selling proposition. I'm a marketeer as well. So, you know, the connection there is obvious. And then, you know, working with them on their career path, you know. So I work with very young talents across the world. I work with established leaders. Depending on where someone is in their career journey, in their professional journey, this looks slightly different. It's always customized to the need of where the person is in their journey. And then defining with them, you know, how that is going to look like. For example, when you come from a corporate job and you start an entrepreneurial business, what does that look like? You know, what needs to change there from a personal brand perspective, from a leadership style perspective, vice versa. You're an entrepreneur, you go back into corporate. We, that's an interesting journey as well. You know, what does that look like? Or when you are in a journey, in a current job and you're facing challenges or you want to get promoted, how to prep someone then to be ready for either these difficult conversations or for these hard conversations about promotions and why you deserve to be promoted. So it's a multitude of things, but all, all again have the same in common, which is really looking how to enable, empower someone uh, to, to really develop these type of skill sets and styles for themselves. So can artificial intelligence just tell you what your personal brand and leadership style is and can't we just be done with it? Or what's your well, thoughts? Well, it would be an interesting exercise, which I have not done, but maybe I should ask Chet GPT to write a brand statement for Nicole Zimmerman. And what would, with a couple of inputs, what would Chat GPT bring up as my value proposition or brand statement? Very interesting exercise, very mm -hmm. interesting question. Sure. I think that would be a fun part to try, but it is, it is always, you know, really related to your personal beliefs and values. I'm not sure that Chat GPT can pick up on those easily. Yeah hit the nail on the head. I mean, you, you did list off at least, and, and please everybody go back and pause and write down these questions. But I was able to capture about four of the eight questions that Nicole just shared in relation to really getting clear on your personal brand and your leadership style so that they are, so that they can be aligned. So thank you for sharing that. Cause that's one thing that AI can't teach and that's curiosity and having yes. a deep curiosity, of course, for those types of questions to mm -hmm. then be able to put it all, all your information into chat GPT and see what it spits out. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, so, at the end of the day, we have to embrace it. So speaking yeah. of embracing diversity, equity, and inclusion based yes. on better multicultural differences, you mentioned mm -hmm. it already, religions, mm -hmm. countries. Can yes. we focus in, if you don't mind, on the U.S.? Mm -hmm. uh, obviously I'm also an expat from Melbourne, Australia. So yeah. can we look at even just, yeah, 
What are some of the differences coming to America? So I think it's definitely easier for someone like me who worked already for Western Union in Europe and knew the company culture a little bit. But still, there is a massive difference if you work in one of the regional headquarters versus when you'd you know, move into the global headquarter. The, the differences come in, in, in various areas. So one is work ethics. There is an interesting element of dis- differences in work ethics, you know. So like Germans are known for being very structured and process-oriented. Americans are known for really being hard workers. Long days, not lots of vacations, you know, all, all the good stuff. But sometimes you wonder, um, you know, if it's always the smartest way of working. I feel like, and there are many people who do not have choices. So I understand that as well. I don't want to come across here <laughs> like being uh, belittling. But I I felt that the cultural mix of having these different perspectives, having these different backgrounds could help actually to improve situations and work together smarter. That's actually what it is all about, to work together smarter. How do we stop ourselves from making assumptions? Assumptions. making assumptions. So what I learned over the years, and sometimes really through painful experiences and hurtful experiences, is to be not judgmental and um, carry prejudice around. I had to rewire some of my thinking, truly, in terms of, you know, trying to lean more into that positivity and high energy that I have and cut off where judgment and, you know, having preconceived convictions would not serve me, you know, not assuming it's asking, (laughs) ask the question, try to understand, listen. Um, I think that could help in many of the situations around the world and avoid conflict, to be very honest, Mm. Uh, not to talk about world peace here, but you know, I I truly believe having lived in many countries that that is um, a very critical component of it. And finally being more inclusive. Yeah, I mean, you, being, you kind of mentioned it already and, yeah. you know, working together smarter. But any yes. other last rounding off with an inclusion tip to help people, you know, especially as it relates to, to company culture? Yeah, it, it, might, it might sound, you know, a little bit pathetic, but it is about love-based, you know, empathy. Every love-based emotion that you can trigger – in terms of empathy, understanding, you know, compassion, I think truly is is, uh, what would help tremendously to be more inclusive. Um, And that's why I had to work so hard on not being so judgmental, you know, or jumping to conclusions about a person just from the first impression. And I'm still working on it, honestly. I mean, this this is a journey, you know, you're never... Com- complete with with these type of 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 self learnings and and exercises, yeah. but yeah, I think that could create much more of an inclusive world yeah. if there is less hate and more love. 
couldn't agree more. Uh, everyone, please check out the episode with Jack Ropel that he talks about agape love being the way of the future within companies. So mm-hmm. that episode is already uh, out. So please go back and have a listen to that one. Where I want to finish is motivation. Let's yes. get this. These motivation factors, you're a motivation factor yes. coach practitioner. You yes. took, you spoke earlier about energy and yeah. understanding maybe, you know, these motivation saboteurs and all the rest of it. Go yeah. in any direction you want with motivation factors to round off this episode for us. Sounds great. So everyone who wants to understand more about motivation, please go on motivationfactor.com and read about it. So it has been developed by a Danish psychologist uh, 25 years back, I think, if I recall correctly. And she used the brain science of how the brain actually works with positive energy and negative energy and how that drives motivation and connected that to your needs as a person that need to be fulfilled. Otherwise, you will never be in a motivated state and your talents. And your talents are the ones that are carrying you with energy, with positive energy and motivation. So in that connection, she has developed an assessment of understanding your needs and your talents. But she also has developed a system, which is called the motivation map, that is actually helping you on the base of your needs and your talents understand your energy drainers because that's what it is all about it's everything that drains your energy and while it's specifically designed for you as an employee in a corporate structure uh, and how you contribute to the accomplishments and goals of a company you can use that for personal coaching as well I think it works both on the professional and on the personal side and then I've tried it with many of my coaches and and they love it because it's so practical what you do in this process is dissecting to understand better why does this actually really drain your energy Um, And then from there, understand what would you like to see instead, actually. And from there, with the understanding that you only can change you, you can't change anyone else. So intrinsic motivation, extrinsic motivation factors, understanding that combination, and then articulate what can I do? What, What are my options to actually address an energy drainer? And then be very concrete about how are you actually going to address an energy drainer? And this is a, a motivation map and loop that you can continue and continue to break down energy drainers and negative energy and remind yourself in the process of actually what your needs are, that they need to be fulfilled to enable you with your talents to actually drive motivation and drive positivity. And so at the end of all of it, you hope that you always end up in a more neutral space instead of yin-yanging between the negative space and the positive space. At least try to be in a neutral space. And obviously the most you know, uh, desirable is it to be in a motivated state. 
And that's what that is about. And that's why I love it so much because it uses not any colors or terminology that you need to learn that other assessments need. You use your own language of what you drains your energy. Yes, you get a bit of guidance in terms of what are your needs and your talents. But at the end of the day, building this together into a motivation hierarchy, which is a pyramid visual that works for you where you can articulate your purpose and then, you know, your energy drainers and what's your needs and your talents. So understanding intrinsic and extrinsic uh, motivation works really well and people get it easily. They understand it and they know how to use it. And then it's just a habit of developing a new habit of managing your motivation. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Uh, I'll definitely put everything that Nicole just mentioned in the show notes. So what I'd like to finish on is just a reflection that sometimes it's okay to start with what we don't want, like with our motivation. If we don't know what it is, like we don't have a big goal, some people don't, it's okay to a starting point is to know what it is you don't want and then work through that because every big decision that I've ever made in my life has always been towards pleasure. You spoke about the heart-based, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those heart-based emotions. The love and that's emotions, pulling me yeah. towards my goals and my dreams and what it is that I want for my life, that those decisions have never ended poorly. Yeah. So that's a great advice as well. If you if you don't have someone helping you structuring these type of thoughts, yes, definitely start where you know I truly do not want this. That will lead you in articulation to potentially some of the outcomes of where do you want to go? What are your goals? What's your purpose? And and they can be very egoistic. I want to be healthy. I want to be a better mom. I want to be a better working mom. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better wife, husband, whatever it is, you know? So yes, I agree. Well, I want to be a better podcaster and every time I interview people is an opportunity for me to get better, listen with all my senses. You had all of my attention because you were very engaging. Nicole with uh, enabling, uh, empowering, honesty, care, and being the authentic leader that you are. Thank you so much for being on the coaching podcast. Thank you so much, Emma, for having me today. And thank you, everybody, because remember, listening is learning. The Coaching Podcast is sponsored by The Samson Agency, a boutique talent agency managing entertainers, artists, and athletes. You can learn more at thesamsonagency.com. And if you're interested in becoming a coach, check out opendoorcoachingusa.com for all our latest courses in Leader as Coach and our High Performance Workplace Coaching Certification. And if you enjoyed this episode of the Coaching Podcast, please share it with a fellow coach and thanks for listening.